0: Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here, and we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent, and yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. I am so excited to have this conversation with Jenny Drennan. Some of you may know her as Jenny Aguilar, who did some, she and I got to teach Sanity School together last fall um, in 2022, and she's been an amazing professional member of our community. And so I'm super psyched to have her here, sort of part success story, part guest expert, um, part brilliant human and fabulous educational <laughs> therapist and great trainer. So Jenny, welcome.
1: Well, thank you so much. That was a lovely intro. I am really excited to be here with you. I love everything about you guys.
0: So I'm just really excited to share this space. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure. Well, you guys, you can tell it's it's kind of a mutual fan club going on here. So, <laughs> um, and Jenny's one of those those few professionals in my midst whom I actually got to meet. I was in L.A., and so my husband and I got to have brunch with Jenny and, and her now husband, so it's, it's like double beauty of it all. That was lovely. It was. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to, as I say, today is both success story and guest experts, so tell us a little about your work and what you were doing before you found us and came to us at Impact. Sure. So I was a former teacher and then I turned educational
1: therapist, which means I work one-on-one with students who have, who are complex. Um, they, sometimes they have a learning difference, sometimes ADHD, something's going on, anxiety, and we make learning easier for them and fun. So we, we use specialized strategies. In that process, though, um, I was finding that it was difficult sometimes for me to reach my teen students. You know, I I thought I knew what they needed, right? I knew, okay, they, they got to use a planner, they got to use a calendar. And so I was providing the solutions for my students and it just wasn't hitting. <laughs> they, You know, they were resisting or would say they would do it when we were together and then they wouldn't do it. And- <laughs>
0: can, can you listeners, any of you have that experience? <laughs> I can't, right? It's- it's such a common trope in our community, right? Yes, these kids say yes because they they want to be successful, right? Yeah, they wanted
1: to, and they didn't want to let me down, and so they would, you know, agree to do things that just wasn't on their agenda or wasn't their way of doing it, and so, you know, also in having conversations with parents and seeing their their struggles at home. I knew I needed something more to be able to uh, support them and meet the, them where they were. Right. So
0: I. So can, can I just check in on something there? Because you were trained as an ed therapist, you're licensed, you cl- like, like yeah. you've got like, you've got training in this. So what was miss Like, where's the disconnect there? So they don't teach.
1: So as a teacher, there was no teaching formal trainings on anything ADHD related or learning differences. You got like one class and that was it. And it was very theoretical. And then as an educational therapist, it was also somewhat theory. And it wasn't like they taught us like, so for example, for dyscalculia, I can teach base 10 blocks. I can teach students how to multiply, write syntax, et cetera. What was difficult was working with my students on their resistance, on Mm -hmm. figuring out how how to collaborate with them rather than me just imposing, this is what we're going to do, this is what you need, this is how you do it, right? So it was really coming up with a collaborative way for us to work together to help them reach the goals that they wanted. And in the process, letting them know, becoming aware of what I saw as, you know, potential roadblocks or things that they needed more support with. And in school, you know, when I was a teacher, I remember scaffolding my students. You know, you you hear that word a lot in teaching. And what was nice is I was able to bring the
0: coach approach to the work that we were doing to scaffold them towards independence, so it's interesting because you're you've so incorporated this framework in this language that it's almost you can't almost talk about it without it, I'm noticing. Yes. <laughs> right. Like it's almost hard to remember. So what was it about the coach approach that enact that, that attracted you initially? Like what resonated with you? Because clearly there was a skill set you were missing. You had a theoretical skill set, and, and the language you just used was you didn't know how to navigate, help them navigate their resistance. Yes right? So yeah. what was it that drew you?
1: What drew me was um, I was able, they, what I saw the difference in them was our communications changed completely and also with the family, right? And what our communication changed, the questions I was asking them changed that allowed them to get ownership over what they were doing. And they began to problem
0: solve things. Okay. But that, that's what happened after you started learning the coach approach. Yes. Do you remember, and you may not even remember, like you really, you guys, Jenny's been teaching this. She's, she's so ingrained in it. Do you remember what you were seeking when you found the coach approach and thought, oh, this might help?
1: I needed something to be able to connect with them so that they Uh heard or understood where I was coming from, because there was so much resistance or a lot of shame. And truthfully, Right. As as a teacher, you're trained in finding the deficits, what's not working and in, in then targeting the deficit. Then, you know, I do some of that still, but it's really harnessing their strengths and allowing them to recognize like the coach approach. Like in the work, I, I knew that they just weren't seeing what they had and they weren't using the skills that they had to their benefit. They didn't right. know. how.
0: Right. Okay, so talk a little bit about what brought you, like when you came to us, you you came in as a professional, not as a parent, right? Right. And so you joined, I'm assuming you started with the Sanity School Certification Program.
1: Yes, so I started with Sanity School Certification Program and watched it once, then watched it again, then took notes on it, so I really like learned the in all of the Sanity School, and why i did that why i saw so much value in it was because i saw the impact it was having on the work i was doing with students so i was able to use you know my specialty in teaching them how to write how, how to approach their challenges with written expression but in a way that was much more collaborative positive my team this my students who were adolescents started doing things on their own Their confidence started changing. And then, you know, in conversations with parents, I was able to support them or allow them to have some understanding of who their child was and what they
0: really needed from them. So there was two pieces. So like what that it's really shifted. It's not only shifted your work directly with your students, but it sounds like it's also changed the conversations you're having with their parents,
1: parents and teachers. Yeah. Because um, it allowed them, I mean, what I hear from parents a lot is I've never thought of it that way, or that puts it into context, you know, and you guys have talked about this on the podcast, but the four phases of parenting, right? We do this in the classroom as a teacher, I was doing this in the classroom, then I was able to incorporate it in my sessions with students, and then briefly touch on it with parents so that they understood where that resistance was coming in and then be able to, so that they could then figure out, okay, how are we going to collaborate with them?
0: So there's something here about understanding resistance. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. The kids that I work with, right. They, have, they come from a whole day's worth of school where they're just trying to do the best that they can. And it's, they always feel like they're not meeting the expectations of others they start labeling themselves. There's a lot of shame around their narrative, their perspective of themselves. There's a lot of, um, I'm stupid. I'm the one that gets in trouble. I'm the one that fails. My parents are always mad at me. So they have all these, you know, ideas of who they are and that's forming their identity. And so when they come to me, it's like, you know, we build that relationship together, but it's, it's having someone who truly understands where they're coming from, how they feel, also noticing what the strengths that they have, right? So it all of that all begins to shift our relationship, which begins to reframe their view of themselves as a student, as a learner, as a person, and giving them the okay to, okay, let's try it your way, allowing them to make their own decisions and respecting it, Um, makes them feel like they're human.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So much of it is about humanizing these kids because they really are separate, independent, autonomous beings. Yeah. Right. And go ahead. Yeah. I just
1: had a student um, who I was working with and I asked him, what's he really like to try this year? And his response was an instrument. I said, oh, amazing. Which instrument? He said a violin. And I just thought, I've never seen this in this. <laughs> yes. Like, what, right? You, you know, if no one were around, if no one was around you, what would you really want to try? And he said, you know, actually, it's not an instrument. He said, I want to try foods from different cultures. So completely different from like where we started, but giving them their own voice and then supporting that, right? It's like they yeah. can see. They're okay with, and this, and this child who I'm speaking of didn't know, had, has trouble with decision making. So this was very powerful in our work because he decided something for himself um, mm-hmm. and then had someone celebrate that, that decision that he made.
0: Well, and what strikes me is he, he made a decision that wasn't, I should want to learn the violin because somebody thinks I should yeah. Right. You allowed him to have the space to say, actually, really, what I want to do is check out foods from different cultures. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah. And, well, so what and what's coming up, Jenny, is, you know, that research. And I'm sure if you're familiar with it. I'm sure I've talked about it in Sandy school at some point. Uh, this longitudinal study about success in kids. And this was uh, research on underserved kids. And what they discovered over a course of decades was that the kids who turned out to be most successful, it wasn't about their intelligence. It was about their resilience. And their resilience came when they had one adult in their life who believed in them, who saw possibility and vision for them. Yeah. And that's what I hear you describing is that the coach approach gave you a way to hold a vision for these kids and to help them find it for themselves.
1: Yes. And then, yes, all yes to all of that. (laughs) (laughs) And having them feel okay where they were now while maintaining that vision and removing the pressure of quick change not made a difference for them and for their families because then they're
0: say that differently because I didn't quite follow.
1: So Yes, to all of that, having this vision for them of where what I wanted for them, right? And where I saw them going. And removing the pressure of seeing that those changes quickly rather and just meeting them where they were and slowly leveraging things incrementally for them allowed them to view themselves differently, see success, Mm -hmm. and allowed their parents to you know, be patient with who they their child is and, um, and working they're evolving. to move forward, yes.
0: Right, there's this, you know, parents come often to us in this place of desperation, right? And and there's this like, <gasps> I'm on a ticking time clock and it's gonna be, I, I only have so much time before whatever deadline they anticipate for this kid. And so what I'm hearing you saying is that the kids are feeling the pressure of that, And you've really allowed them to have some space to go at their pace, to grow and learn in the way that works for them at their pace, rather than freaking out all the time about, you know, the next deadline or the next due date or, you know, the next milestone that they're afraid they're going to disappoint someone in.
1: Yeah. Or feeling like, you know, they have to come home and write down their homework in their planner, you know, coming up with having conversations with them as like, the goal isn't really the planner here. The goal, what is the goal? What's the ultimate goal here? And finding a way that, which is to capture what they don't want to forget. And then asking them, what's your preferred way of doing this? How do you think you'd want to do this? So it really, it's the, it really, what I, what I tell parents is these, the coach approach allows us to ask these open-ended questions that fire up their prefrontal cortex to be able to problem solve and make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. And that is going to lead towards independence because they will begin to see themselves as someone who can manage what they're, what's going on, problem solve. And then they'll slowly be able to hear our dialogue internally, they'll be able to begin asking their own questions the more we ask.
0: Yeah. Well, and so, so many things are coming up. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about, so so let me just name what I heard because I've been talking a lot in the last year about um, this work is neurodiversity informed problem solving, right? Mm -hmm. It's a process for problem solving that's neurodiversity informed and, and you're that's exactly what you're saying you're doing is you're taking what you understand about their neurodiversity and enrolling them in their own problem solving. Yeah, the conversation. So, so talk a little bit about the conversations you're having with parents because you, you know, you're getting the, the, the input from the kids and the feedback and the positive results and, and all of that. So then how does it show up with parents? So you know, well-intentioned parents
1: um, and because, you know, it's a quick fix, right? Parents will come and fix problems. They, you know, we we fix. Um, we're here to, if or, I'll do it because they're not meeting the expectations, right? Um, rather mm-hmm. than, co- and yes, it's a slower process, but when we include them in conversations, you know, and allow parents to be okay with, this is what, whatever the issue is, as It's not on, it's not on their agenda. This is on my agenda. So as an example, I had a parent last week who texted me a picture of the backpack and there were papers coming out of the backpack everywhere.
0: Right. We've all seen that backpack.
1: (laughs) And they took the backpack and then they put, they, they took all the papers out. They put them in their respective folders (laughs) put it away and there is an eighth grade. And, you know, did the son know that that was done? No, he just came and his backpack was organized and clean. And, you know, so it's, it's, that's the type of work that we can, that, you know, this is why this is work is so important because then it's coming up with, all right, what is that is organizing the backpack on their agenda. If it's not on their agenda, how do we get them or influence the conversation for them to be able to see what is it to them to have a
0: organized backpack? The value to them.
1: Value, right. Yeah. And if there is, if, if that's just not where we're at yet, because there are other things that work are we let the backpack
0: go. Great. <laughs> right. I, I had a mom who said to me recently, you mean I shouldn't go in every Sunday and clean their room? And there's like a 17 year old. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe. Yes. <laughs> maybe if they love you cleaning their room and you're willing to do that, but have you checked in to see what they think? Right. It's always amazing what a parent's response to that is. Oh, no, I never thought of that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
1: Yes. Or, you know, that was her way of organizing the backpack. Her son may have had a different way of organizing his backpack in his own way, which he, and when we allow them to do it in their own way and we're okay with it, you know, it makes
0: a difference. It does make a difference. And that's, that's, and as a parent, it's hard because you see something that you think could work or should work or because it would work for you. But what you're speaking to is that doesn't mean it necessarily is going to work for them. Right. Right. And so if we don't enroll, involve them in the process, then we don't actually help them figure out what works for them. We help them, you know, resist what we want them to do. Yeah. And
1: what I hear often, you know, the theme and pattern and conversations is a lot of worry from parents, a lot of catastrophizing, Um, you know, they look 20, 10 years down the line or eight years when they're in college or out of college even. And, you know, it's really helping them to be understand that that that's way down, that's down the line. And right now let's just be where we're at right now. And, What is the next thing that your child can do independently or that you'd love to collaborate with them on?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we started the conversation before we started recording and Jenny started by saying, you know, I send everybody to you. So, and I want to give you a moment to say, how can people find out more about you? Because you've got a really delicious growing practice as an educational therapist and you're building... A company with more educational therapists to really meet the needs in your community. So how can people find out more about you? So they can email me
1: at jenny at wethrivelearning.com or visit the website at wethrivelearning.com.
0: Okay, it's wethrivelearning.com and we'll have the show notes for you. And you can tell she's an ed therapist and a teacher, right? Because she's had a, a yellow marker. Those of you who are listening, she's had a yellow highlighter in her hand this entire conversation. <laughs> which I just love, right? She's just this natural teacher. Um, And I can imagine how wonderful it is for the kids in your practice who come to you, who feel seen and heard and enrolled in their own success. So I just, I really want to acknowledge what you're doing in the world.
1: Thank you, Ellie. No, and it's honestly, thank you for the difference that you're making for teaching all of us how to have these conversations, how to empower our children, um, because we are really changing their narrative of themselves and their lives in
0: general. Yeah. And that's really what it's about. Like all you parents out there listening, I care about you and I care about your kids just a little bit more. <laughs> right. <laughs> and my my real mission for this is so that your kids will grow up feeling great about themselves yeah. and not feeling like I did when I was a kid, which is I felt stupid. Right. I was a smart kid who felt stupid because there were certain things that nobody understood about how my brain was wired. And I don't want any of our kids to feel lazy, crazy, or stupid ever, ever again.
1: Yeah. I think it's really helping them be aware of who they are and yeah. understand what's, what's going on for them. And then how do we find their strengths to be able to overcome these challenges?
0: Yeah. Beautiful. So is there anything else you, you want to share with, with our listeners, either something you want to reinforce that we've said today or something else that we haven't touched on that you hope parents will get from today?
1: I think be patient with the process of it all. And I think if any parent, I mean, there's so many things, I mean, take pack parents, A, first of all, right? but if there's a food for thought I could leave parents with, it would be much more of asking questions. Versus telling or offering a solution. And um, I did my homework, Elaine, so I will share a quote with parents um, by, Don, by Donald Clifton, who is, um, did a lot of work around strength psychology. And it says, he says, the real tragedy of life is not that each of us doesn't have enough
0: strengths, it's that we fail to use the ones we have. And I just, oh, yeah. yeah, it's so true isn't it? Is that so many of our kids have these amazing strengths and, and we, we kind of make it hard for them to really get to them. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so be patient with the process. Um, you know, I was talking to a, a coaching group last week and that's exactly what I was saying is like, if you want to start collaborating more, the shortcut to collaboration is to ask more questions. Yeah. Right. Ask, don't tell. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah that's i think that's something quick that anyone can implement and start doing immediately and it does make a difference yeah
0: and not interrogation open right. questions <laughs> right beautiful all right my friend thank you so much for for being here for having this conversation for all that you've done for Impact Parents and yes, Jenny will be back. Yes, Jenny will teach another sanity school. <laughs> um, we just are in the process of trying to figure out how to schedule everything with our busy life and her busy life. And but thank you for for being part of our amazing professional community. It's it's been a joy to have you in the in our work midst. You can see just if you're if you're on YouTube, you see her smile. It's like it just <laughs> lights up a room. So the thank, love you. Is
1: thank you.
0: Thank you so much. And to those of you listening, I want to ask you something new I want to start asking at the end of the show is what's your takeaway from today? What's your insight from this conversation that you've been listening to with Jenny and me? What is it that you want to take forward with you into your life this week to make a difference for yourself, your relationships, your kids, your partners, whatever, wherever you want to apply this, uh, what are you taking away? And know that that's part of the process of creating the change you want. The change you want starts with you, and it starts with your next insight. So take it, use it, apply it, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com sanityschool Sanity School.